rolling. This is episode 354 of No Laugh Track Podcast. My name is Justin Severson. I am the host. We are here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis, Minnesota, because this is their podcast. I am here with my guest. It's his third time on this podcast. That's right. That's right. It's Jeff Cesario. Hello, hey, Jeff. How are you folks out in Podcastville? Welcome to Thursday morning in Minneapolis. Yes. I appreciate uh, you pushing pushing the podcast a little earlier for me today. Well, you're a busy guy. You got stuff to do. I got a big sports radio hit. Uh-huh. Later uh-huh. this afternoon, I got to go talk to Dan Cole. Well, I'm going to we'll we'll talk some comedy, we'll talk some sports as well because okay. uh, you know, I sure. like that stuff just like you do. So, um, let's see. Where I'm sh- here for you, man. Where should we start? Normally, I'll ask like how have the show's been this week, but you just you're starting tonight. I'm starting tonight. Well, here's where you start. The Twins clinched. They did. That's beautiful. And here's the so yeah, this is the uh, it just happened last night. Twins clinched the American League Central. Yeah. Here's the crappy part. They didn't get to do the on field celebration. Ah, uh, it's not that crappy. That's uh, that's overblown. The on field thing. Guys pull ligaments and stuff out there. You don't want to lose it. <laughs> Oda Rizzi to a torn rotator cuff because somebody jumped on him in ski goggles. You want that all to happen in the locker room. Safer. <laughs> much safer indoors much safer that's true so they did they did have the celebration i got on uh the social media this morning and saw many different videos of the team celebrating yeah um so what they did do is yeah they won the game uh who were they playing detroit? they played detroit De- detroit, detroit guardy they beat guardy's team our old manager yeah right beat guardy again and then they had to wait the magic number was one cleveland was playing uh, the so they Sox. had to sit around and wait for that game to end. Yeah, and it did. Then they get to celebrate. But I'm sitting at home on the couch, going, "I want to see the live. I love you like the whole I love field the live running celebration. out. Yeah, yeah. Even if it like you, you know, whether it's well, on the field, save it for the first round of the playoffs. Whether it, fair enough, you know, then they can run out there and do everything it is that you want them <laughs> to do. Satisfy you. This is about me. Yes, and then they can go do what they wanted. <laughs> I, I mean, the truth is, my. Uh, I love the Twins. I love baseball. I was at the perfect age when they won uh, the two World Series. I was in like, middle school, that they call it now, junior high. We called it back then. I was yeah. in junior high and high school when they won World Series. Series. It was fantastic. Yeah, I was already middle-aged when they did that stuff, <laughs> which I would also call the perfect age. I Anytime suppose. the Twins win the World Series, it's, you're, it's a perfect age. Yeah, right. I, yeah. If, if, uh, if you haven't had to wait your entire life, then it's probably a perfect age. Right, right. If, I, if we finally got a uh, Vikings championship, yeah, I wouldn't be like, wish this would have happened when I was in eighth grade. That'd be pretty yeah, happy. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is bittersweet. I mean, I'm happy, but... <laughs> but I'm way old. Yeah, no, you would just go, this is awesome. <laughs> this is incredible. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very happy for them. Uh, as you can see, like, how's it going to the playoffs though? Twins are going to play the Yanks, probably looks right. Like, yeah, which is their uh, kryptonite. Mm-hmm. But I think they might have them this year. You know, a lot of it I've uh, realized is who's actually playing the games. And uh, I do a, a podcast now as my sports announcer alter ego, yes. Chet Waterhouse, it's called Play with Pain, and. Uh, you know, as Chet would call it, it's South America's pastime baseball. You know, it's as it's as American as as apple empanadas. I mean, you know, it's so I look at the Twins roster and it's like ninety percent, um, you know, Caribbean or South American. It seems, you know, and and they probably don't care as much as you or I, or any Twins fans care about the Yankees. That's true. They don't think, those Yankees, they've gotten us every, they don't care. You know, they're from Curacao or wherever, you know, they they don't give a crap. They probably know half the Yankees. So for them, it'll be a, It'll be their experience taking on the Yankees, not ours. So I think there's a very good chance uh, that that they can take them. I mean, they damn near have the same records. They damn near have the same power. Yeah. Um, They might, weirdly, you wouldn't have said this six weeks ago, they might actually have as good or better pitching than the Yankees right now. 
because the Yankees got a couple of guys dinged up. Yeah, it's possible. Twins lose one of their uh, most dominant pitchers of the year for for because uh, he was uh, taking some sort of. Yeah, he was he was on the Balco uh, Zinfandel. <laughs> <laughs> so I just took one. Toke. But this kid they started last night went ape shit for for six innings. Yeah, nuts. He's a R- great pitcher, Randy. Yeah, he's just one of those guys. He's, he's that Randy is the perfect name for a guy like that. <laughs> I know what? his last I'm name. I'm in the majors. I don't know any better. Here's six innings of three-hit ball or whatever he threw. So if you, they can keep him in that fog for another couple of rounds, they'll be fine. So here's uh, so they played. You know, as we as we've as we've mentioned, they played last night. Now it's the uh, classic getaway day. They have one more game in right. Detroit. So their that game starts. Uh, you know, it's it's a, we're recording this right now Thursday morning. It starts within the next hour. They've announced the starting lineup. Oh, really? The, so this is the hungover. <laughs> the sure. we partied all night hangover. We won the division lineup. Yeah, I'm going to give you some names here and see if you can even say. Do you know the first name? Our start the twin starting left fielder today is Miller. No, no. This is this is a um, who's Miller? I don't even know who that is. This is the tribute band Minnesota Twins. That's who this is today. <laughs> It's the uh, spring training split squad. Yeah, the, these guys exactly. were sent to Bradenton, and the rest of the team st- stayed back <laughs> in Fort Myers. These are guys they just called up last night from the Kenosha Twins. <laughs> yes, the K Twins. The K Twins. I have a KT hat somewhere in my uh, in my uh, closet, deep in my closet. I have a Kenosha Twins hat that you which hold. Is a KT. Yeah, hold on to that thing. That's just a- like the TC. But it's a KT. Yeah, like you're wearing a Twins hat right yeah, now. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yes, yeah, so I I love the lineup today. Arise, Astadios uh, bats third. Jake Cave bats fourth. Yeah, got sure. the backup catcher Lamar, a guy Ryan Lamar who they just signed like three weeks ago. He yeah. was released from a team as a starting center fielder. I'm pretty sure Tom Barnard is managing them. <laughs> I believe so. I think Baldelli's got the night off. <laughs> so I just I love that. It's the. Uh, the hungover lineup there. But. Yeah, absolutely. You'll see all kinds of stuff. Hey, there's a guy out there with one arm. He's pitching. <laughs> it's his weak arm, too. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> Detroit's got a real shot today. He's running down and catching as well. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's just going to be insane. Lobbing it back to himself <laughs> way up in the air. But the Dodgers, I live in Los Angeles yeah. now. My wife is a big Dodgers fan, and that's sort of my National League team. I really enjoy watching the Dodgers. and Good young club, real fun to watch, and... And they've been in that mode for the better part of a month now uh, because they've had their division lead has been like 20 games for a month. So every game you're looking at, uh, you know, as a kid, they just brought up by bus. <laughs> they just picked them up on the way to San Diego. <laughs> You know, and they're they're just trying different rosters. No and, name uh, on the back of the jersey. Literally, Russell Martin, who's their veteran catcher, is like thirty six, thirty seven years old. They had him out pitching the other night, and he, you know, he th- literally threw like two scoreless innings. So they're wow. just trying. Like Dave, uh, Dave Robbins is trying all kinds of crazy stuff. So anytime you can get that mode where it's sort of party time with the roster, it's it's fun. I it's guess really so. Are you, fun, you yeah. making any games this year? We made uh, we went on July fourth, and my kid just went ape and loved it. I got a ten year old daughter, and she loved it. So we may try to make a, a playoff round if we can. But you know, in L.A. for the playoffs, even the first round, it's going to be really one of these. Well, I know my lawyer. I haven't paid him a commission yeah. in nine months. I could still call him see if he has tickets. Right. It's that kind of. Uh, grapevine, you got to crawl through to sure. try to get tickets to the to the game. They do some post game fireworks the Fourth of July game. They did. It was quite entertaining. So we knocked off two birds with one stone. There you go. And and we had great seats. And, that was just uh, a test to see if I I just assumed they did. I was just, that was just a test to see if you left early. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm gonna milk that for all it's worth when you got a ten year old. Sure. Hey, yeah. my, hey, hang around. Something might be happening after the fireworks. I think they got some giant stuffed animal giveaway or something. Let's stick for that. Yeah, sure, we can stay up till midnight. It's not going to kill you. One night a year. It's after this, we're, we're going to a drive-in movie after, right after this. Right, sure. You'll remember what those are. I'll explain the whole technology to you. 
People used to drive their cars next to posts that had speakers on them. That's and then right. they would look up, and like a god, there would be a monolith at the end of a giant parking lot, and they would show a movie on it. No, honest to God, this is the way people used to watch movies. <laughs> An event, yeah, you'd get in and then uh, let your friends out of the trunk of the car. Yeah. <laughs> that it's you like your in. phone, but super big. Yes. And the sound wasn't as good as your phone. No, the sound would crackle through a something that was clearly ripped off a dirigible <laughs> and placed on a post in there, the middle of the Midwest. <laughs> Is there any chance, uh, I'm, I'm going to have you, I doubt that you saw this headline that I'm looking at right now, but okay. maybe you did. I'm going to have you fill in the blank here. Ready? All right. This is from New York Times. Baseball's pace of play is perfect for at least one group. What would that group be? And I'll say it's the it's a group in the stands. Which group in the stands? Do you have any well, idea? Well, plasma donors. <laughs> they probably have that at stadiums now. Just perfect pace of play for that. Uh, <laughs> That's a great point. Probably retirees. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say you're close enough. Knitters. Wow. Knitters. Jeff, there's a story here in the New York Times that baseball's a perfect place for knitters. Is that a well, good... you gotta be careful. You don't want to knit one and drop two. <laughs> yeah. <hi. laughs> During Is a it... double play, you'll get conked in the dinger. <laughs> there's a line shot that hit a knitter. She was not paying attention. You got to keep your eyes on the field at all times. <laughs> I'm going to say knitting is not the way to go. What is, I mean, honestly. Unless if, you are knitting the safety net that's yeah. going to hang in front of the third base box. And I don't think that's going to hold. <laughs> They're crocheting it down to left field. That's now, a new You get a frozen rope <laughs> off the bat of Miguel Cabrera. That's ripping right through your Afghan. There is no chance that's saving you. Hey, she's changing patterns. Is that a doily? Look out. (laughs) Oh, she's got her needles out. Talk about needling the third base coach. (laughs) So so is, let's say you're the commissioner of baseball and you see this story come out. Are you happy that someone's writing a story about knitting and baseball and connecting the two? Or is that like, probably not the most unhip thing ever? I, I don't think those demographics overlap a whole lot. Right. You know, that's a, f- uh, you know, it's a fresh market. I guess that would be the uptick. Sure. Hey, we could, you know what? Market to Michael's Craft Store. <laughs> Put all our Dodger advertising over there and see what happens. I, I don't think that overlap's going to last Bring long. your Michael's receipt for a 25% discount on tickets. Yeah, they've been battling that forever, baseball. How do we get kids involved and how do we... Get the next generation, and I think you just got to let it be what it is. I don't think you can change the game significantly enough to create a pace that's going to intrigue a 13-year-old who's playing video games all day. I think you turn it into a video game like they've done. You try to make that as successful as possible, and then you just let the pace of the game be the pace of the game. Uh, in order to get a 13-year-old... But an occasional landmine. Yeah. Uh, unknown to anyone, planted out in maybe right center. Sure. Could be an interesting twist. Might I, get the kids. I know how you get a 13-year-old into it. You have a YouTuber uh, narrate it. Uh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Actually, their YouTube coverage is really fun. What do you mean? They have... Uh, YouTube Red does baseball... Maybe it's once a month or so, once every couple, two, three weeks. They have a they have a MLB and YouTube Red or whatever it is has um, uh, a a specific baseball broadcast. Oh, they broadcast from different angles. Uh, they're in the dugouts. They have a different way to integrate the visual into the game of baseball. Uh, their play by play booth is a is interestingly enough a little lower key Hmm. but really compelling because of it because they don't feel the need to hit what you're hitting in a regular play-by-play box because you can get that sure you can get the guy going hey there's the three two pitch fouled off speaking of fouled off is there a funky smell coming out of the barbecue joint i mean you know (laughs) so they don't need that so they're 
they're playing with a little lower key mix, a little more off the cuff. Uh, I would love to try a game as Chet Waterhouse, have somebody have the guts to to do yes. something like that, where I do the play-by-play, and we have some comics come in and do the color commentary. And have you, like, practiced that? Have you done that anywhere? No, but I think I could. I think, uh, you know, I'd have to work on a roster card because I want to get it right. I mean, that's the thing is I, I don't want to screw it up uh by lack of preparation, I kind of want to know where I'm going to screw it up. Yeah. So uh, I would probably study the roster cards and catch a couple of the games from the teams that I'd be covering and then call the game. Then if I screw up, fine. But, I mean, you know, I want to know where I'm going. I want to have a stat person who can throw me the stats because the county, I think, is better when, when um, you know, when I'm, when I'm actually doing the job well. Because the key to Chet Waterhouse – He's not cynical. He's not anything. He doesn't even cover major sports. He covers third-tier events, but calls them like they're the seventh game of the World Series. Right. So he's enthusiastic, and I want to know what I'm covering. And he's a pro. He's a pro. So he's got to have it down, you know. Um, and uh, and that's the charm of it for me. I listened to so many episodes of play with pain in the uh. last week it reminded me I, i'll be i'll be honest with this i hate when people say i'll be honest because aren't you always trying to be honest but i i, eh, look, I get the thing the, the, the you say i'll be honest it's not true <laughs> most, most everything anybody's saying is good true. good point good point um so but with my role as the host of this podcast i try to you know do as much research as i can I have favorite podcasts that I listen to that I have listened to for years, uh, but I, but I'll be honest. It's, there I said it again. But sometimes they fall on the wayside where I fall behind and can't keep up because you come to town and I want to catch up on your show. Right. Todd right. Glass was here last week. I want to listen to his show and catch up sure. on those. The truth is, I can't have time to listen to every one of them because there are no. so many good ones. Oh, I mean, everyone funny. should make no laugh track at priority, obviously. But sure. besides that. Um, in, in any case, so I, d- I listened to quite a few of your shows, and it reminded me is how good it is. And I didn't... Oh, thanks. And here's what's great. I listened to them back to back to back to... I mean, honestly, Jeff, I listened to probably like eight of them in the oh, last like, three days. Oh, that's great. And the joke... Even though some, like, some of your, um, your fake ads that you do, like sure. they get repeat... I laugh every time. And I, yeah. will, and I will tell you, Jeff, the reason why they're funny every time is just because they're well-written, but also because uh, the reaction of your guests... Yeah. them hearing it for the like right. even though i i've heard it before they clearly haven't heard it they're not listening no and when i'm right. hearing people that i know or that i'm a fans of like kostaki economopolis is on your show yeah. and uh, he's cracking up listening to you yeah. it's i so entertaining to me plus i so don't know i don't know when i'm gonna throw them in i'll just pick a spot uh-huh. you know, that piece of advice from kostaki brought to you by incognito <laughs> yet never guess we're plumbers you know, and just these weird little turns of phrase. <laughs> the the, uh, the gentleman's gentleman's club. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, gentlemen prefer gentlemen. The all gentlemen's gentlemen's club. <laughs> every time. <laughs> I'm yeah. Jeff, I'm laughing every time. And then Chet always reads them with a straight face, too, because they're $15 <laughs> each. Unless I blow it, then they're only seven fifty. But it's still seven fifty because of the, your plug, the name of your company gets out there. So, yeah, uh, they're a ton of fun. Stupidos, really small bathing suits for really dumb guys. (laughs) Just whatever I can think of that comes in. They're so great. It's it's such a – I love the idea for the podcast. I love how you pull it off. I'm glad it's still going. Honestly, I'm sincerely saying that. And I try to get a diversity. There's some sports – you know, I've had Costas and and Rick Riley on and Rich Eisen and and, uh, people like that, and I've had – uh, actors have had Eric Roberts on, and I, I did not hear that one. It's great. I haven't listened to that. And that one is really a good one, okay? Because uh, he's just so off the cuff as it is. And Danny Trejo was on, and yeah. How do you? How Kevin do you? Pollack. How do you get da- Danny well, Trejo uh, on? I was with Podcast One, although I'm leaving them now. I'm going to a new platform, but and they they have so many podcasts that they have a PR person and a publicist who sure sure get, fields all the. Um, inquiries from people pushing a a, a a project sure okay so they would call and go do you have any interest in you know danny trejo and i go yes i would love that on yeah and we had a great time because 
his dad, Danny Trejo's dad, would take him to Dodgers games when Chavez Ravine first opened up. Okay. In 59, in 60, whenever they finished Bill, whenever the heck it whenever the, the Brooklyn Dodgers moved out. And when when I researched that, and it was one of the first questions I asked Danny Trejo, because he's sitting there, I do a two and a half minute insane sports update yeah they're, they're great too. at the top uh-huh. which even on the older uh podcasts even though they're no longer topical they're they're just funny they're just they're, they're real results but they're yeah. all funny mm-hmm. for for the sake of being for the sake of being funny oh man that mahomes kid harder to catch than a glimpse of your neighbor's wife naked so it's stuff like that it doesn't matter that it it, it happened a year and a half ago agreed and uh, but when Trejo heard when we launched into the Dodgers and I and I knew that about him and I asked that about him and he just went well, you know that and I said yeah it's when the Dodgers first moved out here Duke Snyder and I went into a whole thing you know and he awesome. just ate it up and we just cruised the rest of the podcast and then comics up the Yang I have comics on anytime I can get them on and then I've had uh, Josh Mankowitz on from uh, from Dateline and his brother Ben from TCM and yeah. I've had some really, really fun, fun people I've had. I got Phil Hendry coming up this coming week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's definitely a listen great to that one. one. And I just had Andy Staples from, uh, from uh, ESPN and Sports Illustrated and Sirius, uh, Sirius College. And it's, he's, he's a hilarious sports, sports guy. So last week I, I mentioned that uh, Todd Glass was here last week, and we yeah. were talking about a whole bunch of stuff. And something we talked about brought up the name, a, a name of a comedian that I haven't seen in forever, it, it, but it's a name that uh, my some of my earliest com- watching comedy on TV. He's involved in that, and he's been on your podcast, Jeff Stilson. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I've had Jeff on. Yeah, Jeff and I go way back. We're buddies. We kind of were doing the circuit heavy at the same time. Yeah, uh, and there was some similarity in the sense that we both really like to craft jokes. And tell the joke, and there was a uh, um, a veneer of niceness, niceness that sort of covered some cynicism in both our acts. And oh, he's definitely yeah, he's got that. I love yeah. that. Um, so we and we have remained friends for for quite a long time, and uh, continue to try to work on projects together. I like Jeff; he's a great guy. His uh, really funny guy. I've got to I got to bring it up again because I had brought it up last week. It was the the joke that I saw him do several times. You know. 30-some years ago or whatever on TV was the one about, you never go into the, uh, it's a sports joke. It's uh, you, you never hear them go into the losing team's locker room. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, well, we were doing great until God made me fumble. Yeah, he Jesus, hates our team. Until Jesus made me <laughs> until fumble. Until Jesus made me fumble. He hates our team. He hates us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good joke. Love, fucking love that. So, I mean, it was, uh, it's the beauty of podcasts. It's then, uh, it's, for me, comedy podcast specifically is you see these names pop up like oh there i can get an update yeah. from this guy yeah yeah just so he's great so funny he always killed me i used to like uh he did a thing on uh um my girlfriend broke up with me because she said i didn't have any uh i had low self-esteem and i thought well this is gonna help <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you, uh, another, got some great jokes. The, uh, another person we've both had on our uh, podcast, Alex Edelman, and when yeah, he- Alex Edelman is just such a funny young comic, and the kind of guy that uh, I mean, along with guys like Cy, Cy Admonson from here, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's so many good Nick uh, Nick Anthony from here. There's so many good young comics. I've been trying to get as many as I can on just because. I like to get their perspective, and he's sort of a student of the game, if you will. I mean, he he knew stuff like about me that I'd forgotten when I first met him. I was like, dude, this is deep for a freaking thirty year old. Yeah, or whatever, very cool. You know? yeah. He was here at Acme the week after you were here last year. Yeah, and so I that was the first time I'd met him. I thought, uh, you know, we got along really well. It was a really interesting podcast, in my opinion, pretty funny, and. He's a big baseball fan, yeah. big Boston Reds, huge. Like he huge worked for the Red Boston Sox Red Sox yeah, at one point when he was yeah. younger. So yeah. uh, when he was here last year, the playoffs were going on. We're talking about anyway. He's here two days later. I th- turn the TV on. He's in the fucking front row at Fenway Park. Oh wow! Yeah, 
Because he'd hit somebody up, like, you know, somebody from that works for the team. Right. Front row! There he is. Yeah. Like, he was just... I was he just with him. He's an interesting dude in a lot of ways. Um, first of all, hugely funny, hugely prolific. Keeps writing these hour shows and doing them at Edinburgh and places like that. Yeah. Um, he's also... A Jewish guy who is like a Jewish jock. There aren't that many of them. But like his whole life, you know, he's in shape. He's lithe. He played hockey. Yeah, right. Like, How many Jews do you know play hockey? But if you're growing up in the Boston area, you play hockey. That's it. It's like growing up up here. So, right. in fact, one of the other one of the only other Jewish jocks I know was Matt Goldman from up here. who's a great Great comedy writer and oh. was a tremendous stand-up. Started up here. Uh, one of Matt Goldman's great lines was, um, uh, they always tell you when you're buying a diamond ring for a, a wedding, you know, you have to keep resale value in mind. And yeah, Or no, you have to, God, I'm blowing it, Matt. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it was like, cut clarity and consistency or whatever the three C's are. He goes, yeah, because that's what I'm keeping in mind when uh, I'm buying a diamond ring for my future wife. Resale value. <laughs> so, uh, God, Goldman had some great jokes. But he was a Jewish kid from up here. Okay. So he played hockey and softball and baseball. He was a tremendous jock. And Edelman was killer jock. He's a really good athlete. And his brother is an even better athlete who was on – who was, in fact, the Israeli? Oh yeah. Uh, um, what is that? What do they I call them the um, the sleds. I can't remember what they. Oh call them. yeah, the, the, the Olympics, the skeleton or the skeleton. skeleton yeah. yeah, that's right. I call them the skulls. That's a rowing term. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, the skeletons. He that's was literally right. the Israeli skeleton team. Yes. In the Winter Olympics. Yes, I remember the last the story Winter now. Olympics. Yes, and he it was like he just kind of like picked up like how can I make the Olympics? I'm going to learn teach myself how to do this. Yeah, and then he was had dual citizenship or something, so yes. he did it for the Israelis. And Alex went with him. That's right. And it wasn't was it Sochi? No, it was the one at was it Sochi? It might. What was the? I can't remember the Olymp the Winter Olympics, the recent Winter Olympics. But he went. Yeah. Alex went. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, he's hanging out with his brother, and, and he just had the greatest stories. Uh -huh. He was like, he was like, it is the most corrupt thing in the world, skeleton and and bobsled. Oh. He said they're all doping. He said they're all juiced. He said they're all trying to figure out how to beat, like, the 13th team because that's how you get into the finals. They could give a crap about the the gold. It, he said it's just politics. And, and it was almost uplifting, in a sense, to realize something as as so niche as that yeah. is riddled with... <laughs> With, with, uh, with doping yeah. and, and, and uh, cheating, basically. Cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was just a couple weeks ago, I was sitting at home. I must have been super bored because for about 10 minutes, I watched axe throwing on television. Oh, wow. I, that's, that's what I, I do. Uh, one of Chet's uh, fictitious sports that he calls is the weak handed axe throwing <laughs> championship. My leader, Tommy Jack Duquesne, has got his strong hand tied behind his back. Look out. He's nearly hit the target two of 11 times. The but here comes challenger Sheila Montrose. She's got a gleam in her eye. Some would call it anger. So <laughs> I actually use that as, I don't know if you heard the one that I did just as an event. Yes. I, I called the Over 65 I Lumberjack did. Championship. I did listen to that one. That was the first experiment doing that. Okay. Where I uh, called a fictitious event and I wrote the whole script out. You and did. It's about 15, 20 minutes. I was going to say it's a shorter episode. Yeah, but it's great fun because, I mean, I can't keep that up forever. You know, I mean, I literally called the entire event. Yeah. Um, and had my guy put sound effects in. And it seemed to play really well. So I'm going to do more of those. And if I get to a point where 
I have the podcast ability, or if I'm doing a Patreon or something like that, it'll be bonus uh, material. But they're so much fun to do. And you just get hundreds of bad sponsors in those things. And bad names and quirky things happen. And I really enjoy doing it. Do you have any plans? I think this was something you mentioned a year ago, that maybe there was going to be some animation involved at some point. Well, I have a uh, show that I'm trying to sell, an animated show uh, called Hello Again, Everybody, which is Chet Waterhouse on the road with his uh, ex-jock alcoholic sidekick, um, Scotty Nordquist, who's 30, uh, and who blew his... It was a phenom pitcher who blew his arm out catching a celebrity first ball toss from Lady Gaga. <laughs> That's what ended his career. Is he, re- he had to reach... <laughs> For her wild pitch, and he tore his rotator cuff, ended his career. Ouch. So he's drunk and bitter. Yeah. And uh, then there's a uh, young producer woman uh, who's like 22 and is constantly on her phone trying to get a different gig. And it's about the three of them going from, you know, the weekend at Axe Throwing Championships to the interstate barehanded highway culvert hunt, <laughs> you know. Nathan Birch in the lead. He's pulled out an old dorm fridge and a beaver. You know, just like they have to call these insane events and just go, well, welcome to Stare, Nebraska. You know, we're just these bad towns. And and um, so it's them going from town to town to town. Uh, the animated show would be they would open at a weird event in the middle. They're at a different event and they close teeing up another bad event they have to do. And uh, the rest of the time, they're talking about their crazy lives, and uh, you know, uh, uh, and uh, you know, uh, Chet's pulling Scotty out of a biker bar because he he you know dated one of the women, and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's all crazy, uh, sort of a Family Guy rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. And knock on wood, I can sell that. Have you thought about, or maybe you are, and I don't know about it, like um, using the uh, how do I say it? Throwing some of those on a T-shirt or something like that, like the, some of the best of the best. Well, what I'm going to try to do first and foremost is uh, I just designed the mug for the podcast, and it's a Chet mug with the, my logo, with the Chet logo on it, uh, which which you could get high and stare at for a while and go, that's pretty interesting. Okay, uh, it's sort of a throwback a little bit. It. It's it's a fun animated logo. Okay, awesome. Uh, uh, graphic. Uh-huh. And then the back just says Play With Pain, which okay. is Chet's sign-off. Um, so I'm going to see how that goes uh, first. But i gotta I'm ho- telling you, I got to hook up my website with PayPal so that people can buy it. And then once I do that, which should happen in the next couple of weeks, people can buy the mug. And then I'll start merching out some of the others. I stuff. would love to walk around with a uh, weak-handed axe-throwing you know, championship t-shirt. Yeah, right, exactly. And then people yeah, go, yeah, what, yeah. The, what the hell's that? I know. And, of course, the uh, I am the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships <laughs> every year held in Cheddar Falls, Wisconsin. Of course, if you don't know, and there are very few people left on Earth who don't, <laughs> speed fishing is a combination of speed skating and ice fishing. It's a team sport. They skate around a hole they've drilled with their own auger, and it's a combination of elapsed lap time and total fish weight. So uh, last year, Norway won with 52.7 lap time and 17 pounds of walleye. Man, they had a great run last year. But look out for Japan this year. They've been training in secret. You know, I don't know where I go with this. (laughs) comes out I, they're fun they're fun to do i i need to mention at least one more <laughs> i can't even say it what is it bartolo cologne cologne oh yeah <laughs> bartolo this portion of the broadcast brought to you by bartolo cologne cologne if you want to smell good enough to have two completely separate families try bartolo cologne cologne <laughs> oh yeah, you got to be sort of deep. That's deep baseball there, but oh, that's so great. Yeah, well, that is true, but all the <laughs> Bartolo Cologne. But that's Cologne. the beauty of the podcast. I can, uh-huh. I can do something like that for your listeners who may not know. Bartolo Cologne is a pitcher now for the, or was a pitcher for the New York Mets. Um, oh, I think he's finally done. He played for the Twins for about half a season, like yeah, a yeah. year or so ago. He's literally, he's, he's, uh, I think he's from Venezuela, and originally might be or or. Perhaps the Dominican Republic. He might be 45. He might be 55. Uh, exactly. He claims 46, I think. 
He could be 70. Yeah. You just don't know. And his baseball card probably has one weight, and the real one is like 80 pounds more. Oh, like, yeah. He's 230 if he's a penny. Yeah. He's really – I don't know how he pitches around that girth. Uh-huh. It's pretty impressive, actually. Um, so I have seen you promote your week, your uh, week here at Acme talking about doing some recording. Yes, I'm doing an album. My first in my entire career. How? I've never done an album. So we're recording Saturday night, um, and uh, I'm doing a clean set. Now, I usually swear, but mostly conversationally. But the, the trick for the clean stuff is more concept and topic, you know. I, and I tend to weave uh, edgier stuff in with stuff that, that could be considered by and large clean. So I'm kind of I'm kind of going through with a pitchfork and I got to go, "Uh-oh. That hay bale's got to go out of there. I can I I can't do that that part of the dating chunk. I can't do this or that or wait if I'm writing new material, let me try." And it's been a fascinating creative process for me. So um and it's a ton of fun. I'm really loving the set and it's a little more autobiographical and a little more relaxed and I'm really looking forward to doing it. And, and a, I wanted to do a clean set to do a clean set. Cause I generally work clean anyway, but I, I, you know, like I say, I swear conversationally, I do edgier material or, or sort of conceptual stuff. That's a little off the grid. Um, and then sometimes I do stuff that's out and out kind of blue. Um, so to kind of go, well, here's a challenge do this stuff and do it clean. And I went, well, a clean set. But then I looked at my stuff and I said, geez, all, I really like all my jokes. <laughs> you know, they're, I, my I babies. Like <laughs> yeah, they're good. So, so it doesn't matter to me. You know, they're still well written and I still deliver them with a, a certain degree of panache, I'd like to think. And, and I thought, oh, this is all just great, a great stuff. And I can't wait to do it. And, and sort of mold it in a little different way and then add newer stuff, some of it almost brand new, and then mix it up and then go, oh, wait a second. These pull together in a whole different way. This little five-minute chunk feels like really cool if I do it this way. So, so uh, it's going to be a, a fresh uh, look for me through through uh, some vintage material and some really new material. Why 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 not 10 years ago or 20 I don't years know. ago? No good answer for that? No Just, good answer for that. I mean there's a you have material like there, you had a DVD comedy DVD I that was out. I have one DVD out which was made on 2 days notice. What? I had just gotten with a management company. Uh, a guy whose name I'm sure has popped up on your podcast, Barry Katz. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had just signed with Barry. I didn't have a manager for a long time, and I thought, well, you know, Barry had just signed Louis Anderson and had a bunch of clients, Jay Moore and Dane Cook, and I think he had Ken Jeong at the time. And, um, and I thought I was doing a lot of writing producing heavy, and I thought, well, Barry's got some clients. That's usually how you get work is you're with someone who has a lot of clients, and uh, you develop projects for those clients or with those clients. Uh, but I was also sort of uh, reigniting my stand-up career at the same time. He had, this is one of my great stories. Uh, you're, I'm glad you jogged this out of me. Um, Barry Katz is legendary in the comedy world as just this unique type of manager who who is both sleazy and spiritual. <laughs> it is the oddest combination. He, he, he is both... Uh, uh, you know, cutthroat business and extraordinarily zen. I don't know how he pulls it off, but even guys who've gotten raw dealed from him don't dislike Barry. It's really a weird combination that he's been able to pull off. So Barry had just signed a deal with a DVD company uh, where they were going to distribute uh, – uh, DVDs of his clients, mostly his clients and people that he had hired to do DVDs. So he had set up this DVD shoot, and it was going to be like six comics all shooting their one-hour DVDs at the same time, changing out an audience every three comics. So each each audience would get three comics doing forty-five minutes each. 
right at the last minute, Frank Caliendo, who was a big uh, client of Barry's at the time and an unbelievable performer and tremendous imp- impressionist, drops out because he had some sort of, he said he got a cold or something, and a guy like that, his throat goes, that's it for the Im- improvisations and the impressions. My hunch is Frank took a look at the deal and went, I'm not doing this. So, <laughs> so, so Barry had to go, uh, would you like to do a special? And I said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. He goes, okay, uh, it's Friday night at the Old Portal Theater in North Hollywood. And so I went, all right, yeah, I've been doing stand-up long enough. I know I can do an hour. So I get there. Somebody goes on. Something goes wrong with their set or something. It's, it's all going well enough, but there's technical issues. And my, it's time for my set, and the prompter breaks down. And so there's no bullet points for an hour set. And then and I tell them, like, it does, it ta- they're, they're working on it for, like, a minute. And I go, you know, I know my act. You know, and I've never done anything on tape before except my specials for Showtime and HBO and whatnot. So, you know, but this was like an hour concert thing. So forget, I know what I'm doing. Let's just go. Another 10 minutes, and now the crowd's getting antsy. And I go, forget it. Cut it. We're going. Just turn on the cameras. So I blast it out. It goes really well, and we release that. I sell 3,500 units the first sales period, the first month. And I'm like, holy smokes. That's you know, for not being doing a re- for not being a regular on the club circuit or anything like that, I thought that's pretty good numbers. The uh, sales charts come back. I owe them even more money. It's one of those situations where, okay, once we sell enough to pay down the in- initial costs, then you'll start making money. Uh, so suddenly, I owe them seven grand more for promo or something. Like, what are you talking about? What? How could that possibly? You moved 35,000 units, even at 10 bucks a unit, that's 35 grand. I mean, you moved 3,500. That's a lot of money. So Barry, having cut the deal and now being my manager, I said, Barry, you, 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 you got to dive into this and straighten this out. And he literally said, oh, Jeff, I can't get in the middle of that. And I went, you can't get in the middle of it. You are the exact middle of it. Yeah. You are the fulcrum from which your management company cut the deal with the DV. You are the middle. <laughs> and that's when I went, ah, it's probably not going to last too long. We parted friends, but it wasn't too long after that that I left Barry. So uh, th- wow. that's showbiz, baby. Yeah. No matter what level, uh, someone's uh, it's the Kama Sutra getting boned. And someone's always got a worse story than you. I occasionally, uh, going back a few minutes here in the podcast, I talked about all the podcasts and stuff. One of the podcasts I listen to occasionally, to as part of my research, I listen to his show. Yeah, Industry Standard. It's a great podcast. It is. It's a really good podcast. It he is. Has great people on there. Yep. Really he... diverse, interesting people from all walks of show business. It's a, it, He's hit something there. That's a fun podcast. And you did it once, I did right? Do, yeah. I haven't listened to that one a few years ago. Did this story come up? No. No. This story did not come up. But he spent... I didn't know when my intro was done. Barry went on... Yes! 20 fucking minutes. Yes. He'll read a whole... And I went, are you... When are we talking? What are you doing? I know, Jeff. I listened to that show, and I'm like, am I doing it wrong? Because he's, I'm not doing 20-minute bio reads at the beginning of all these episodes. I kind of leave it to people to like, just figure it out as we listen. Who, if you don't know who this person is, just yeah, listen yeah, to the no. show. And no, Barry's do, got a whole different yeah. thing. He's got a 20-minute bio read at the yeah, beginning. It's this working person for him, I so guess, great. but you know, when he doesn't tell you that, you're just sitting there going, my God, am I, am I, <laughs> can I leave now, or yeah. what's going on? I don't know. He's crazy. Oh, that's <laughs> that's that is really great. So, in any event, no, I've never done an album. <laughs> is, ah! is, the, is the long answer. <laughs> that's the long answer. How many copies of that DVD from so many years ago do you still have? Do you have a I box of them still somewhere? Got about twenty left, I think. I mean, because I would have to buy mine at cost, and then if I wanted to, and then go sell them in front of gigs and stuff like that. But you know, I wasn't doing enough gigs mm-hmm. i wasn't on the road that much because i was doing a lot of writing producing so it wasn't like i was doing a week even a week a month yeah you know, i was probably doing maybe five gigs a year tops mm-hmm. yeah and, it was you know, the time where you were coming to you know minneapolis and doing like yeah, a couple and, shows on a weekend yeah, once and a I year would literally get to the gig and go oh i forgot the dvds you know it wasn't in my dna or something to remember and then i just so i just sort of let that go sure and I'm not I'm not great at sitting at a table after a gig. 
uh, and going. Would yeah. You, would it, you like to hear some of what you just heard? I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't get the <laughs> the emotional chemistry right. <laughs> no, I, I understand to do that. It, so I didn't do it. I feel for the uh, for the performers here, the ones that stand out to greet people, maybe sell their stuff after the show. Yeah. And then and you see people are just walking by. I'm like, oh. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, well. At least come know. by and say hi. You don't have to buy something. I would probably say have a more dynamic set. Well. And then people will still <laughs> come by and say hello. <laughs> Fair enough. So something I talked to Todd Glass about last week that I want to bring up to you, and that is a show that you were a part of, oh, back in the late 80s and early 90s that can now be viewed on Amazon Prime, An Evening at the Improv. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Do you remember how many you did? I think I did four or five. Okay. I think. But the one that sticks out most was one I did with Robert Conrad, uh, who was the uh, short, tough guy. Uh, Baba Black Sheep was his uh, television show. He was the star of that. He was uh, most known for The Wild Wild West. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The television show, The Wild Wild West. Uh, And he was great in both of those. But I'll never forget, I can't remember who else was on the show with me. But it was all uh, the same sort of, you know, especially back then. You got that same vibe comic, you know, monologist, attitude, a little bit cynical, probably a little burnt out from doing the road, trying to come in, make a decent paycheck, maybe get some union points so your health care is covered. (laughs) And Bobby Conrad came in, and he was so fired up in the green room, and he was ready to go, and he had his opening remarks ready because, you know, a lot of those actor types didn't have joke jokes, so they would have stuff written for him. And they would go out and— Yeah, the show was—it was a— Celebrity host. It was a celebrity host. And they would bring out a parade of comics. That was the show. Uh, and, and, uh, he was raring to go and, uh, and, uh, you know, he's built like a brick house. I mean, he, he's, he's maybe five, six, but you know, I wouldn't mess with Robert Conrad ever, uh-huh. you know, so, but he was friendly and, and, uh, and, uh, and he was joking around and he'd joke around with you and kind of punch you in the shoulder and knock you halfway across the room, <laughs> you know, but he was into it. And then I'll never forget this right before he went out. He's at the door to the green room, and he turns to the com- He opens the door. He turns to the comic, and he goes, "All right, guys, semper fi," because he was a marine. Oh wow! And he walks out. We're like, you realize you're talking to a bunch of addicted, <laughs> sleep deprived comedians. Yeah. It was so great. It Nobody's was, here defending the country. But it was this glimmer of optimism in this room of pessimism. <laughs> That I just always remembered and loved. Great moment. Most of that room must have been like, I don't even know how to reply to that. Exactly. Everybody just looked at him, and he just went out and and did his set. It was great. It was so wild. Like It's like the uh, Brian Regan, like, you too. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. You too. Yeah, you you have no idea what to say to that. I don't know what to say to that. Uh, So I I got some, I took some screenshots here, some of the episodes of that show that you were on. Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm going to give some names to you. This one right here is, uh, it originally aired, Jeff, February 16, 1990. Good Lord. Yeah. um, It was hosted by Stephen First. Oh, okay. Yes, the late Stephen First. Correct, from, from a- Animal, Animal House, House uh, St. Elsewhere, Yeah, the show he was on. Brilliant actor. So he was the celebrity uh, host for that episode, not a comedian. Here. If you think about Animal House without him, I don't know if it's a great movie. Oh, yeah. With all that comedy talent in it, it's a hilarious movie. It would always be hilarious. But if you don't have the schlub that everybody instantly went oh that that's me yeah right you know brilliant performance uh-huh. my goodness i i agree with that <laughs> i 100 agree with that i'm gonna give you some of the names here who was on who were on this episode yeah with you. was this one of my episodes yes yes yes, yes. Okay. so hosted by Stephen first and featuring comedians and this i'm reading in the exact order here dan chopin chopin dan chopin Chopin. yeah dan chopin okay tom curley Curly, Tom Curly, probably. C U R E L Y. I think it's Tom Curly. He's yeah. 
guys may not be working anymore. Or we don't I know. I don't know about either of those guys. Okay, Diane Nichols. I know Diane. Diane, I see every summer at the Comedy and Magic Club, which is one of the great rooms in the country, along with Acme. Truly, not lying. I would add uh, probably Denver Comedy Works to that, a couple other spots. Um, they do a uh, essentially a birthday party every um, every summer because they started in July of 78 or something. The club got going. Uh, no, it was even earlier than that. And uh, Diane goes out for the birthday shows. I go out for the birthday shows. Uh, they Every comic gets like four and a half minutes. Oh. And you just do a string of 20 comics. And, and then you turn around and bring up the next Yearly. Comic. Yearly. Oh, that's every awesome. Summer. Yeah. And I see Diane every time, and she's still hilarious. Very cool. Oh, see, I love stories like this. Uh, we have two more names here. Okay. Evan Davis. Evan Davis. Wow. What a funny, funny guy. He wrote. A great joke that I don't think we wound up using for the Emmys one year when I was uh, helping Gary Shandling, who was hosting, put together some material, and we asked some guys to write jokes, and his joke, which I thought was great for Gary, was, um, I am on, uh, Gary was hosting, and the joke was, I'm honored they're making me do this. That was Evan's mind. Evan is a really, really funny guy. Making me do this. I think he's still doing it. The only other great thing about Evan that I remember is that he lived on a boat in Marina del Rey for a long time. Yeah. Oh, cool. Which is a thing out there. People do that. Sure. Do you know what? Whenever anyone brings up people living on a boat, I think of Cocktail and the guy that Tom Cruise buddied up with in the movie. He lived on a boat. That's my only reference. I don't know anyone else in yeah, real life. Right. I don't know anyone in real life that lives on a boat. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> but that guy lived on a boat. Tough to do up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had about two good months. Yeah. Then you can uh, stay on that boat, but you have it up on blocks. Yeah, yeah, you better have a good wood-burning stove in that baby. Exactly. So the last name on that episode, of course, was Jeff Says. Oh, that was me. Yeah, that was, it was, it was you. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for the last It was name. Jeff Cesario. Oh, uh, we have oh, another one here. Home. Okay. October 6th. Oh, this I'm doing in reverse order. I'm sorry. This is an older one. October 6th, 1988. All right. Hosted by Richard Mall. Sure. Richard Mall was the tall guy from uh, Night Court. From, uh, Night Court. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Very funny guy. Yeah. Then we had some more comedians here working that episode. Haywood Banks. Sure. I just, uh, I think, followed Haywood on Twitter. I think we follow each other. He's still working, I believe. Yeah. Then we've got a uh, this is Jeff guy says uh, yeah tough name yeah <laughs> Stephanie Miller I know Stephanie yeah 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 she wound up getting into radio heavy in L A and had her own show in May still I'm not exactly sure but she became sort of like a known branded radio commodity in Los Angeles Steph yeah she was funny Robert Jenkins Robert Jenkins I think was a young guy with big hair. He would pull off a baseball cap in, in the middle of his act, and all of a sudden his hair would just fly out. Stole that from you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Funny. Uh, and then we have one more person, uh, Ellen DeGen. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres? Yeah. Yeah, Ellen and I did two or three things together. We did that. We did, um, I want to say, New Year's Eve in front of Seinfeld at, a theater outside of Chicago. I can't remember. Then we did a club date up in, for some reason, right around 87, 88, uh, I, I just wound up with two or three shows on two or three, like just regular stand-up shows with Ellen, and, and we had a great time. She's hilarious, great writer. She was fun in the green room or in the, you know, wherever, just hanging out, uh, shooting the bull. She's had a... She's a tremendous stand-up. She's had a career. Underrated uh, as a stand-up. Go back and uh, watch her most recent special, which I think was Netflix a couple of years ago. Oh, just last, yeah, within the last, last year. year. Yeah, yeah, great special. Uh-huh. Yeah, I watched great it. Great special. Now, like, like she knows what she's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I watched it. It's good. She can pound. So we got one more here that I'm going to uh, bring up to your attention uh, that is available Amazon Prime. You can watch Jeff Cesario and some of these wow. episodes. Wow, this is insane. Right? Okay, so this one, March 29, 1993. The day before my birthday. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So check this out. Birthday gift. I got insurance that year. <laughs> <laughs> 
You go, why, what was the significance? What do you mean you got insurance? You get you? money. So if you're an AFTRA, uh, you qualify. If you get if you make a certain amount of dough in a year, well, I don't know what it was back then, probably eight grand or something. If you made that in a year, you uh, were covered for a year. And you can remember, insurance. and you remember that by that time that year you had. Oh, I don't know. I'm oh. just I'm joking. Oh, but I see. I, I see. I, I, I'm thinking. I'm sure you probably got paid a grand for that or something, and that was a, a high percentage of your yearly. Well, maybe it was more than a grand because in this episode, which I watched uh, just the other night, this one is uh, the celebrity host, Jeff Cesario. No. You worked your way up to host on this one. I hosted an evening at the Improv? I don't remember that. Yes, you did. I, I believe you're lying right now. <laughs> Jeff. Read the other names on that list, and let's see who should have hosted that. Uh, oh, well, there's a name here that we know, yeah. but uh, not only one. Hosted. By Jeff Cesario and featuring comedians Barry Neal. Okay. Uh, I looked this next person up and I don't think she's done comedy since this night. Sharma or Shama Roberts? Shama Roberts? Don't know. Yeah. Uh, Spike Davis. I don't know Spike. Jason Stewart. I know Jason. Mm hmm. Jason's still working, doing a lot of acting. In fact, he's got an independent movie out right now. Yeah, and I think they actually spelled his name wrong on here. Uh, That's and, funny. And then, the, yes, he is. And then the last name, Christopher Titus. Chris Titus. Wow. So do, does this... It, uh, Chris, I just had, any on, memories the, Chris I had on the podcast. Yeah. Hilarious. Uh, any Chris. memories of this? No. None. Not a one. I'm convinced I did a set at the Improv just on an average night. They taped it and then used it to host the show. <laughs> and then dubbed in me from behind calling these people's names out. I have no recollection of hosting. No, but then again, no, no. you're on stage with them. I'm literally 103 years old. So, <laughs> I mean, if you clear 50, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to blame the Crestor. I must have taken two extra Crestor this morning. So I am flying right now. And who knows what you took that day back then? Huh? Yeah, exactly. You were celebrating a birthday. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. They took advantage of me. No kidding. Wow. Okay, that's that's. You don't remember that? Well, I, I can don't tell remember you. Remember hosting. I have some, you go home uh, back to the hotel and you got some time after the show tonight. You're trying to wind down. Go on Amazon Prime. Google Amazon Prime. Google Google your name. Don't go Amazon Prime. Don't Google, Google improv. My name and this is what pops up. Google That's your great. name and this is what comes up. <laughs> Thirty year old clip. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Perfect. Yeah. I gotta I gotta redo my social media a little bit to make sure that something else pops up first. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no! Th this is me just doing my deep uh, ah, research. Ah, your, your deep here. dive. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Not the normal person the normal is, is stumbling clips on that of stuff. Only twenty or twenty-five years old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's usually what pops up. Uh huh. Uh huh. Here's Jeff with giant hair <laughs> from a gig from a gig he didn't even know was being taped. <laughs> Boom! YouTube first video. Pops That's up. right. Here you are at your seventh birthday. You don't remember this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably a pretty good set. <laughs> um. Well, we've been doing this a while here today. Is there anything else we should be mentioning? That uh, are you doing any like besides the recording you have going uh, in the podcast? Recording the podcast. Uh, no, what we're we are uh, hoping to uh, uh, bring the uh, Brian Regan sketch show, which is called Stand Up and Away. We did four episodes for Netflix. Uh, we had really good numbers from what we could tell, but uh, is that quite on brand for them? They're a little. Um, edgier than than what we were doing yeah so i watched it we i believe are um uh leaning towards uh disney plus because that's a whole new giant thing that disney's doing and that seems to be a little more uh, uh brian's brand so we're going to see if we can't um can't uh, uh find a home over there and maybe do more of those because they were a tremendous amount of fun to do you have not done them but you just have some ideas probably? we're hoping to yeah okay we're hoping to do you know if we can sell the show over there and they give us some dough. We'll go shoot more episodes of, and it's a stand-up to sketch show, mm -hmm. so it's a ton of fun. Yeah, and uh, Brian's great in it. He's really a naturally gifted actor, and he's worked hard at it as well. So, and he's super funny in these sketches, really funny. So, <laughs> knock on wood, we'll get a chance to do more of those. That's the, it, man. The uh, play with pain episode. Chet talked to. Um, There's a one of the episodes I listened to was Brad Williams. And in yeah. it, you guys talked. You guys were obviously talking baseball, talking sports. And Brad is hilarious. Yes, he's great. And so one of the funny. and one of the things you said was uh, the Twins making the playoffs came up, and I think he said, "Oh, 
That'd be great. Can you imagine watching uh, playoff baseball in October in Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah. And here it is. Here we go. And, uh, yeah, that would that would be pretty awesome if they made a deep run just so that you could get – it's 32 degrees out. Perfect weather for baseball. Exactly. I'd love to hear that. Exactly. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna let's go back to the one of the first things we talked about today and the celebration. You know, after winning something, it, baseball has a um, wild card game that is one game. One game, yeah. It's one game. You lose, you're done. You win, you move on to that next round, the uh, division series, right? Right. Uh, should the team that wins the wild card and they're about to play like their next game the next day, I think that that uh, series will start. Whoever they're playing next. Should they have the huge pile-on-each-other celebration after a one-game play-in? Yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. You win something, dude. But for a one-game play-in, the losers should get like a carnival cruise or something. They should get something. Carnival cruise? It's one game. I mean, look, look, at, the, look at the participants in the American League especially. You've got Oakland, which has been red hot. They're 30 games over 500. You got Tampa Bay, which has been pulling it out of their ass the last couple of weeks. They're 30 games over 500. And you got Cleveland, which up till yesterday could have won the division. Yeah. Right, flat out. So you got three really good baseball teams. One's out completely, and one's going to lose a one game play in. They should get something. They should get something. Free lift tickets at Vail. Something. Or maybe they get to pile on the winning team. Maybe that's the <laughs> something. That's where I'm going with that. There we go. This that is sports the- tidbit <laughs> brought to you by Schlatzman's Ultra Dry Light Beer. So dry you may not have to pee. Boom. End it there. <laughs>